I think sometimes the heart has such great things to say that the mind just cannot find the words to express what the heart is trying to say. And that's how I have felt this week. The best comparison I have been able to come to of how I have been feeling in this moment is perhaps just a little bit like how a parent feels when they send their child off to college and and you sort of feel like, okay, I've given you what I can. I've taught you everything that I know. And now it's up to you to decide what you'll do with it and where you'll go from here and who you'll be from here. But I've given you all I can. Of course, those moments are often filled with lots of emotions as we've been feeling this morning and even tears. I think I've told some of you that in those summer months, probably four or five months leading up to more clarity about this decision, um, I probably had more, for, more tears in those four or five months than I've had in years and years. Just processing what this means for you and me and my family and you and me and my family. <laughs> but, you know, by the time I made peace with this decision and, and began to share it with you, I really felt somewhat done with those tears. I had kind of mourned what I needed to mourn, and I knew it was your time then to start to process. And that's really been my experience for the last couple months until about the last week and a half. Seems those tears have crept back up in various moments for me. And it's sort of surprised me a little bit, but it's been a very tender week and a half or so, meeting with some of you, meeting with our staff for the very last time. They surprised me with some very touching gifts, including a card that said, I am so grateful I don't have to do I am statements again. (laughs) If you've been on the leadership team or staff, you might know what that's a reference to. Although Stephanie said she'd be willing to do them forever if I'd stay. (laughs) This week was tender as I visited with John Barth and Joyce Chernside and Bay Brent, some of those folks that don't get to come here, and I got to go and say my last goodbyes to them as their pastor. And then even just coming into my office where I've had so many different holy moments and knowing that's all about to change, it's, it's been a bit tender for me and some new tears have come. And I'm actually really grateful for that as Trisha was kind of saying to us, you know, tears are a gift really because they help us to see and recognize some of the most important things of our lives. They help us to be present to some of the most important moments. So when tears come, I try to remind myself to let them come and honor them by listening to what they have to say to me about this moment in my life. It's not always easy to know what your tears are saying because they're often saying too many things all at the same time. And that has certainly been true for me this week.
The tears of these days have been saying something so good and so beautiful, and don't forget holy. Something that I have loved and has been meaningful for me is coming to an end, and I need to honor that. It's one thing that tears do, I think, for us. They honor what has been a part of our lives, and they honor the goodness that has been part of our lives. They honor all the fun that we had together in our variety shows. (laughs) I'm thinking of our synchronized swimming. (laughs) They honor the fun we have at our bonfires and the laughter and story we've got to share over coffee and meals and meetings and coffee and conversation and tables and, and the delight that I had each time I was able to have all of you over into our backyard. I think I told someone, maybe it was Chuck or somebody, that one of my favorite things as a pastor is just getting to sit back and watch you all delight in being together. I probably love that more than anything else. So those evenings in my backyard were always such a, a joy And I think the tears honor the joy that we have shared, and they offer honor the friendships that you've offered to me and to my family, and they honor the holy moments we've had together. And so, yeah, the tears are a great, great gift when they come. They don't always mean that something is wrong. They mean perhaps that something is very, very right and has been very right And they're a sign that what has been was a gift from God's heart to our hearts. And for that, we are invited to allow tears when they come and be thankful. That's hard for us, especially men sometimes. Some of my tears came this week because I'm just so dang proud of who this church is and of who you are becoming. You know, I think the best churches in our time, in our place, have a a spirit of pilgrimage to them. They are mindful of their history, but they're not stuck in their history always looking back. They're grateful for their present, but they're not clinging to the present, unwilling to change. They're open to the future but not trying to force that future into some predetermined mold. The best churches of our time and our place, I think, have the spirit of pilgrimage to them. And that's just what I have experienced so many times in this last decade. You have been willing to journey with me and asking new questions and think new thoughts. You've been willing to take risks You've been willing to offer bold generosity for a future that you could not yet see. You've offered radical hospitality. I've always thought this church, one of the greatest gifts is the spirit of warmth and welcome. I've heard that from so many visitors in the last 10 years who said, I've visited lots of churches. So many churches think they are warm and welcoming, and they're not. But this church... There's something about the spirit of this place. I'm also just so dang proud that 
You've been willing to be a mostly white church in West County, St. Louis, and stand up and say, yes, black lives matter. And no, your sexual orientation and gender identity doesn't matter. And yes, both heart and mind both are critical in our journey of faith, and we will let both of them guide us, even when that takes us to some uncomfortable places. And absolutely, when it comes down to it, above everything else we know, we will always choose love. Love of the God who creates us and calls us. Love of our neighbors who challenge us and think differently than us. Love of strangers that we do not understand. Above all else, we will choose love. That's a brave and beautiful place for a church to be, and I've seen it here so many times. And it's something I really believe the world is longing for, but often cannot find it in their neighborhood churches. And I'm just so dang proud to see it all alive here, and you all, because I think it is a reflection of the spirit of Jesus that is alive here among you all. And in the end, that's actually all that really matters. Not just one topic or issue or another. Not one pastor or another. What really matters most is whether or not the Spirit of Jesus is alive in this community and whether or not we are doing our best to try to know Jesus more so that we can become more and more like him. And when I, when I think about all the ways I've seen the Spirit of Christ grow in this place, it just fills me with pride and gratitude, and sometimes it leads tears to my eyes because it's so beautiful and tears that remind me I have had a rare privilege to pastor a great church. And I'm deeply grateful for that because a lot of my friends don't have that privilege. So thank you for inviting me into this place. And thank you for inviting me into your lives. And if there is one challenge I have for you as you move forward without me and as you move forward in your own individual life and story, and as you move forward together as a church, as a community, asking all kinds of questions, it's just, just remember what it's always been about what it always has long before you knew me and long after I'm gone. Remember, when we gather as a church, it's just about the spirit of Jesus being alive among us and in us. I love that quote of one of the early church saints that said, Jesus is at once the way we must follow and the goal we must reach. It always reminds me of, of what Paul wrote in Philippians 3 when he, he was saying, I just, I want to know Christ. And I want to become like him, not that I've already obtained all that, but I press on towards it. 
this has been my goal for us, for who we are and for who we're becoming. And that's my hope for you. My deep prayer is that you will remember that when you are deciding what's most important to you as a church and as you look towards your new pastor and what qualities you want in her or him and what you will ask them to do and even as you try to navigate the questions of your own journey and life, this is my prayer. Which I believe is really the spirit of Paul's prayer that he offers to the church in Ephesians. You just offered me a blessing from Ephesians 1 that was the same words you spoke to me on the day I was installed as your pastor. And I want to offer you Paul's words from Ephesians 3 as my last words for you. Dayspring, for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven And on earth takes its name. And I pray that according to the riches of God's glory, God may grant that you may be strengthened in your inner being with power through God's spirit. And that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith as you are being rooted and grounded in love. I pray that you may have the power to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to the one who, by the power at work, within us, is able to accomplish abundantly far more than we could ask or even imagine to this God be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen.